I only eat foods that will make me a happier, stronger, more fulfilled version of myself. I want to have energy to be like my best energetic self with my friends and my family. I would say the last reason that I eat healthy is to look a certain way. Your ability to stay consistent with something is strongly influenced by your desire to associate the habit to a large scale emotional reason. Hello, hello, and welcome to Therapy, a podcast created with the intention of helping you and me evolve into even more beautiful versions of ourselves. The act and pursuit of learning more about myself, others, and the world so we can all live a more harmonious life is always the priority of this show. If learning is a priority for you too, I cannot recommend you join me on this journey enough. You ready? Let's go. Well, hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Therapy. Hi, hello, episode 16. We made it. Am I going to go on and on right now about how shocked and proud I am about making it 16 episodes? No, I'm not. Just know that I am. Life updates. First of all, if this is the first time you're listening to Therapy, Hello, I am Sarah, your host. Nice to meet you. I realize that I never really say that at the beginning. So for anyone that hasn't listened before, I just start rambling on about what's going on in my life. And newcomers are probably like, is this girl okay? What's the point of this podcast? So let me give you a little intro if this is your first time listening. The point of this podcast is to laugh and to learn and for me and you to have fun together. So That being said, today's topic is something that I'm very excited about. We're going to be talking about diet, how I eat, why I eat the way I eat, um, some of my reasons, and this is a really fun thing for me to talk about because I'm very passionate about it. Um, Yeah, but first I'm going to give you some life updates. So I have decided in the spirit of therapy that for every life update I give you, I'm also going to have an associated life lesson because this is something I do in my head a lot during the day. Like something happens and I'm like, oh, what's the like metaphorical life lesson? Which, you know, can be nice, can also be kind of mentally exhausting. So why don't I just get some of that out of my head and share it with you? So anyway, if you listened two weeks ago, I missed last week. I'm sorry. (laughs) Last podcast, I went on and on about how I'm going to be more consistent, and then I missed a week. Life lesson? Sometimes we all fail. Um, I did, but if you listened to my last podcast, I told you that I auditioned for a metal band. Yes, me. Learned how to headbang. Learned, kind of learned how to dance. Tried to learn how to dance. Um, and had a blast. And I found out last week that I am now in the band. You are listening to the lead violinist, lead and only violinist in row music. So yes. So what that is going to look like for now is I'm going to be flying to Texas once every month, month and a half or so, and shooting music videos. And then, you know, there's a lot on the horizon. So we're going to see where it goes from there. But yes, I'm in the band, Rome Music Violinist, right here. Ow, ow, ow. So that's happening. It's very exciting. 
Um, oh, associated life lesson. Don't be afraid to try something new. Yeah, very cliche. Most life lessons are cliche because we tend to ignore the obvious. Um, but yeah, just because something is not like what you have historically done or feels a little bit scary or you have no idea how you're going to be able to learn it quickly, you know, embrace the uncomfortable. Something really good could come out of it and you could have a really fun time. And that definitely happened for me. So yes, more on that to come, I am sure. So other life updates. I'm in Cleveland this week. I'm having a good time. I'm staying at my sister's and her, not fiance, husband, almost said fiance, but it's her now husband. I'm staying at um, Kelly and jo Joey, my sister and brother-in-law, at their condo because they are on their honeymoon, having the time of their life, sending me all the pictures of all the pasta, and I'm saying, oh, that looks amazing, and trying not to let them know that I am extremely jealous, <laughs> because we, as we learned in my last podcast, jealousy is a negative emotion. So, every time I'm almost jealous for them, I reverse it, and I'm just like, I'm so happy for you guys. Sorry, I grip my teeth and wish I was there. <laughs> um, no, I definitely consider just, like, showing up and being like, oh my goodness, you guys are on your honeymoon? That's so crazy. I was just taking a solo trip to Italy because <laughs> I wasn't invited, which, you know, me, Kelly, and Joey do almost everything together, so it felt a little rude. Like, I went to the wedding. I wasn't invited to the honeymoon, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I'm staying in Cleveland this week. I had gigs last weekend. I have gigs this weekend, so it only made sense that I just hunkered down and stayed right here in the Klee. So I got my jet ski out yesterday. Woo! Now that's an update because last year I failed so hard. I'm just going to say it. I literally got my jet ski out once last year and then the rest of the summer I mooched. I mooched off of my sister because she has a jet ski so I would be like, hey, this is so crazy. Like, I can't get my jet ski out today. Could I just come on yours just this once? And, you know, since we're family, she's like, oh, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> and then two of my friends have jet skis and also a boat, so I would end up just going with them. Yeah, it's kind of, like, impressive that I mooched off of people for an entire summer. Also, like, a moment of self-reflection for me. Um, that I definitely could have just gotten it taken care of. But sometimes things seem overwhelming to me. Like I thought it was going to be an overwhelming process to get my life, my um, jet ski registration updated. That's something else I learned is that like sometimes you think that a task is going to be such a big deal. Like and then you spend way more time thinking about how hard the thing is going to be. And if you had actually done it and not thought about how hard it was going to be, you would have saved time. So that's something I learned when, because last week I had to do a lot of adult things, which like historically speaking are not my strong suit, even though I'm technically an adult. Um, but I just learned that like, you know what, a lot of these things that I think are hard just because like other people have told me they're hard and I don't understand them, they're actually not that hard if you spend five or 10 minutes researching. So anyway, all that to say, so got my jet ski out. Now, this is something I have to tell you because it will make any stupid thing, like any stupid mistake that you have made in the past, I don't know, your life, 
is going to seem not as bad because of what I did. Um, I'm going to try to explain this in a good way. I'm not sure if I'll be able to, but so I went jet skiing yesterday. You're like, tell us again. No. So I went jet skiing yesterday. Um, and when I got out of the water, after you get out of the water, like I, I, um, I hooked it up, but my little, by the way, if you want to be impressed for a second, my little Ford Focus 2014 hatchback baby hauls my jet ski around. Yes, she's a force. She can't be stopped. Hello. Anyway, so I pull my jet ski out of the water and then you have to like start the car if you talk or the car, the jet ski so that like you get the water and stuff out. I actually don't even know why you do it. Um, LOL. So and when I, so when I went to do that, I had my key, I had my key in my hand to my car and I was like, you know what? I'm so brilliant right now. I am going to put my key on top of my car so that like, there's no way that I can forget my key because I need my key to like start my car. So if it's on top of my car, then like, you know, I don't, I don't know why. Okay. I'm just going to be honest. I'm not sure why I did this. <laughs> anyway, I put my key on top of my car. You know what? I think it was because in my head I was like, there's no way I can lose track of it. That's it. I was like, there's no way I can lose track of it if it's on top of my car, because that is the most like obvious place possible in my brain. It made perfect sense. So, but <laughs> what I did then is I had to open the roof to put the roof. I'm not okay. I had to open the trunk to put some of the stuff from the jet ski in there. So the keys on top of the car, I opened the trunk unthinkingly. <laughs> and then the key, if you could imagine this, just please use your imagination. The key slides in between where the trunk opens and where the like top of the car is. So you know like if you were to open the trunk, there would be like a sliver of openness into the trunk because those two things attach. <laughs> my key went in there and then I closed the trunk and my key with the fob was literally stuck between the car and the like trunk opening where this is. It was, I, I don't know why I didn't take a picture. I actually do because I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I just wanted to like get it over with. Um, so actually I think my friend went to take a picture and I was like, please spare me. So anyway, so my key is literally like halfway sticking out of where the trunk is. Um, five different people are trying to pull it out. And you might say at this point, Sarah, honey, why didn't you just pop the trunk, you silly goose? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Um, because the remote itself is what would unlock the trunk. So then you might say, Sarah, honey, why didn't you just open the car and pop the trunk that way? Well, funny you should say that. The button on the remote that opens my car the one, the lock button, the way that my key was stuck in the trunk, it was holding down, it was holding down the lock button. So when I went to try to unlock the car, I couldn't because, um, because the, it was being locked from the uh, trunk. <laughs> so anyways, um, what happened though is five of my friends, thank goodness I was not alone because honestly, I think I would have just like, I don't know, walked home. 
um, called an Uber, just left the situation, so I didn't have to process or deal with it. Um, is that a metaphor for my life? No, just kidding. So then I, um, fortunately, five of my friends were with me. We all took a stab at holding this out, uh, of pulling it out. Shout out Louie if you're listening. He, like, murdered his finger trying to... People were bleeding. People were wounded trying to get my freaking key out of my trunk because I am a crazy person. And so eventually we wiggled it free just a little bit to the point where it could open. And then we were able to open the trunk because I had the window open. Thank God. If I hadn't had the window open, you guys... I think I would still be there. I would still be there trying to get it out of the car. Um, No, but thank goodness my window was open. And so we could, we, then I could open the car because the lock button wasn't being held down anymore because somebody had like wiggled it free a little bit. So then I opened the trunk and just like that, pulled my key out. No problem. Nothing to see here. It's casual. Yeah. So I'm telling you that. Moral of that story. Um, one would be don't be an idiot. Two would be whatever mistake you have made recently. It's not that stupid. It's not that bad because your girl here managed to get her key stuck in her car. Um, but not physically inside of it. So it was partially sticking out. I guess, you know, you could say at least I didn't get it fully stuck in the car. Yeah. Another lesson. There's always somebody looking at your situation saying, man, I wish I had that because maybe someone else was in that parking lot that had literally their whole key stuck in their car. And then that made me look just like I was thriving. I don't know. So, anyways, that was a fun little thing <laughs> that happened. Fun is relative. Um, okay, last thing. Aquarium. I went to the aquarium again last week with my parents. So, this is just a quick little PSA. If you live in Cincinnati or honestly any big city, I think most big cities have like an aquarium, right? Cleveland has one, but it's terrible. I'm sorry. I said it. I live here, so I can say that. Um, so, if you live in the Cincinnati area specifically and your parents or some friends or whoever the heck comes into town take them to the aquarium we had a blast if you if you listen if you've been a OG and you listened to my episode long long ago and I told you all about my experience at the aquarium I told you I'm setting the octopus free it's still in the works it's an early plan I'm manifesting it so I went saw the octopus told him I got you fam I'll be back the penguins the penguins were going last time when I was at the aquarium um the penguin thing was like not lit up so they were there but you could barely see them because the lights were off this time oh no no my friend the penguins were busy and I actually did learn a big lesson from the penguins which was so what so the ones that are like on the land well yeah like on the land they're just like waddling they're so cute they like look kind of silly kind of goofy kind of awkward am I describing myself they look just kind of goofy and then you see the ones that are in the water and they're just like pew, pew. they're like 100 miles an hour i looked it up they don't go 100 but i think they go like seven miles an hour but i swear it was faster than that i need to check my sources but anyway they're on the land they're like waddling 
I don't need to tell you what a penguin looks like. And then they're in the water, and they are so graceful. They're gaining motion. They look like they could do anything. And what I learned was that sometimes, in order to make motion, you have to be in your element. You might feel like you're stuck. You might feel like you're not getting anywhere. Where? You might just be bumbling around, bumping into things, feeling silly, and you know what? There's probably nothing, actually not probably, there's nothing wrong with you. You just need to get in the water. You just need to be in your element. So if you're feeling stuck or like you're bumbling, just think about, am I even where I'm supposed to be? Maybe if I was where I'm supposed to be, things would be coming more easily to me. There you go. Life lessons with Sarah on Sarah P 101. All right, moving on. Rocks! recommendations. Okay. I have so many recs. Yeah, I do. Okay. I got to go quick here because I cannot have this podcast be two hours long because I will not get anything done I need to do and no one will listen and we don't want any of those things to happen. So rocks. First I have, um, sorry, my mic just fell. Um, first I just have some places. I got one for the sincere's and one for the cleavers. Um, okay, so Cincinnati friends, my friend Skylar, shout out, love of my life and best friend, took me to Seoul Korean Barbecue and Hot Pot. Also, let it be known, this is the first time in therapy history that I looked up how to pronounce something, and it was Seoul. <laughs> it was S-E-O-U-L. Okay, anyways, so Seoul Korean Barbecue and Hot Pot, it's in Mason, Ohio, it was $30 for the all-you-can-eat hot pot. You can also get the Korean barbecue, but we all did the hot pot. You can get as much meat as you want. I mean, I could stop right there and you'd go, right? You can get all the meat you want. You can also get all the apps, all of the, like, you know, rice, noodles, carb things. As basically, it's all-you-can-eat for 30 bucks. Then you make, like, your own little sauce. And the best part I have to tell you this okay is it the ah I don't know if it's the best part I kind of feel like it is though so I don't know what magic voodoo stuff happens like once after the waiter takes your order but the waiter waitress takes your order they go back do go somewhere to some like secret place and then the a robot thing Maybe these are common for other places and other people. I had never seen this before. A little robot tray thing comes around, has the food on it, and then we just take our food right off of it. It's adorable. It makes me feel like I'm living in the future. It's an experience. That's what I like about this place. That's what any like fun thing that you can, any, no, 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 any like mundane run of the mill thing that you can turn into an experience, sign me up for. And that is exactly what Seoul Korean Barbecue and Hot Pot is doing. So can't recommend it enough. This is not an ad. I am not being paid. You're like, we know. Um, yes, I recommend you go there. Also, okay, this is, I highly recommend you take this recommendation seriously if you live in the Cleveland area. Okay, um, it is called, this place is called Sacred Water, I think. Oh my goodness, now I'm panicking. Is that what it's called? I'll, I'll link, I'll link their Instagram page. I link all of my stuff, by the way. I don't know if anybody cares or notices or reads my, like, podcast descriptions, but every rec I make, unless it's, like, something, you know, stupid, 
You're like, why would you give us a stupid wreck? No, unless it's something, like, so easily findable that I don't feel like anybody needs a path to get there, I link everything. So I will link um, these places' Instagrams or their Google things. So Sacred Water, it's a kava bar. Yes. You're like, what the heck is kava? Well, I did some research for you. So kava is a drug made from the ground... When you can't read your own writing. From the ground roots of a plant found in the South Pacific, it can be taken as a drink, supplement, or extract. And I must tell you, it is legal, though it is not FDA approved, like anywhere, I don't think. So, you know, if you care about that, that's the thing. Um, effects are muscle relaxation, sleepiness, and feelings of well-being. Sign me up. Um... So this is something that actually a lot of people are using now to replace alcohol because there's not, it's kind of like alcohol, like the good parts of alcohol, the stuff you would feel from that, but without like all of the bad things like a hangover or being angry. Um, so yeah, so it's the first one in Ohio. They're really popular like in, I think just more like populated, play, like bigger cities, um, but these, yeah, there's one in North Olmstead. There's one in Lakewood. I was at the one in North Olmstead. The owners were awesome. Everyone was so cool. Um, they had, like, fun. They had foosball, which foosball is my favorite. So, you know, I want to, like, live there now. Um, and it was just the vibes were immaculate. I had a blast. And, um, yeah, it's just a really cool thing they're doing to try to, like, provide people with something, particularly people that maybe struggle with, like, you know, alcohol abuse or drinking too much this has been a way for people to like do something else where they still get to experience like the positives of alcohol and not the negatives and been able to cut back so yeah shout out to them for making a place like that and shout out to you because you're going to listen to this and go there if you live in Cleveland right okay so now we are going to get into podcasts okay I have been listening to so many podcasts and I would love for you to, if you're listening, write in and give me podcast recommendations. Particularly, I'm hoping to listen to more podcasts that I can listen to passively because I found that right now I have a lot of podcasts that I love, but they require like my full attention. So I can really only listen to them like in the car. You're like, how can you do that? Because you're driving, Sarah. Well, you know, full attention is relative. I can do like something passive. Um, but I want more podcasts where I don't have to focus so hard because if I'm listening to something with a lot of like facts and information and especially stuff that's just not as like a, like a language I speak necessarily, like if I'm listening to the Huberman lab, I feel like I have to really pay attention or I'll just miss so much. So I want more podcasts I can listen to just like passively that are more chill. Um, if you listen to my podcast, you probably know what I like. So, um, yes, if you have any recs, please write in. Um, but here are my recs. I love, um, the school of greatness with Lewis Howes. He just put out this episode, Believe in Yourself, The Key to Persuasion and Success with Robert Greene. Um, Robert Greene is a very famous author. I don't know how many books he wrote. Um, he's probably most well known for 48 Laws of Power, if you've heard of that book. I read it a long time ago. I need to read it again. Um, but I really loved this interview. It was about just how to interact with people more intentionally, how to um, just understand people's emotions and where they're coming from. I felt like I learned a lot about empathy listening to it, but I also learned a lot about 
he's kind of known for like persuasion and you know persuasion is an interesting concept to me because I never want to be able to like get some somebody to do something like for my own gain you know what I mean but I do think it can be helpful to be able to persuade people to do things if it's like bettering the world for lack of a better way of putting it so um yeah I learned a lot listening to that I think you would love it as well it is a long one um the other one that I would love to recommend you listen to is the skinny confidential Christine Quinn on how to own your narrative create your future be a boss beep and selling sunset so I love Christine Quinn. I love reality TV. Um, if you've seen Selling Sunset, if you haven't, that's a wreck. You should, it's so good. I love Selling Sunset. Um, but it's basically all these girls that are realtors that try to sell homes. These like really expensive, like million dollar, multi-million, multi-multi-million dollar homes. Not, yeah. Um, and Christine Quinn, she's like the bad guy kind of. And when you watch the show, like, the show is designed to make you hate Christine. I, I mean, not to brag, have always loved her. Um, and it's because, like, I understand reality TV a little bit. Like, I understand that they're trying to structure this so that, like, yeah, it's real. But they're telling her, and she talks about it in the interview. They tell her, like, you know, we want you to be the bad guy. Like, we want you to be the asshole here. And so she plays the part really well. And, you know, she draws the most attention the most publicity. She's probably grown the most. She's probably benefited the most professionally from this show more than anybody else because she plays her role of the villain so well. And um, yeah, I just really love this episode. She talks about like how that happened. She talks about how like she plays the role so well that like even though she tried to keep reminding the other girls like, hey, this is a show, like, you know, like they kind of turned against her just because I mean, goals, honestly. No, but it's a really good, um, it's a really good episode. I learned a lot. I think you would love it. Um, okay, books. I have only, I have not quite gotten through the book I'm reading. I think I'm going to finish it tomorrow. Um, but it's called Living Untethered by Michael A. Singer. And it's so good. Um, yeah, it's all about energy. It's all about, like, our energy centers um, and how, like, Basically, I would say the main points are like how different things that we like hold on to that we don't like release and deal with emotionally kind of like get stuck inside of us for lack of a better way. And then they create a lot of inner like commotion and tension and just make it hard to like appreciate things that are happening in the present when you're so bogged down with problems you have from the past. Um, so it's about that. It's also just about being able to like let things go and release things so you can just live like a happier, freer, more clear life. So, you know, sign me up for all of that. Um, if you read his first book, he has, he also wrote, um, The Untethered Soul, which I read and loved. I will say the one thing about the second book, which it can be a good thing or a bad thing. I do think it's repetitive. Like it talks about a lot of the stuff from the first book, but you know, I always say you can't hear too much of the right thing. Um, so I don't mind that. But just to put it out there, one last thing, shows beef. Oh my goodness. Now this, I'm just going to say it, worth the hype. It is so freaking good. Like I was, I still don't understand it. I watched it. I'm still processing it emotionally. 
Um, I'm still figuring out, like, why people did certain things, like, what it all means. If a show can, like, confuse you and awe you and make you still be thinking about it, like, days after you finished it, it's done its job. So, Beef can't recommend enough. It's an almost all Asian American cast, which is cool. There's, like, some white people in there messing it up. No, just kidding. Uh, but it's mostly an Asian American cast, um which is really cool and all of the actor actresses are amazing they do such a good job um and it really makes you think I like a show that'll make me think so uh yeah highly recommend okay let's get into it shall we we are talking today all about diet why I eat the way I eat my philosophies about eating um how I lost weight what I think about the concept of losing weight um but first I want to give you some disclaimers so, this is not an episode about how to lose weight. This is an episode about how to maintain your health and live your best life. I say that to say, I do not think it matters what you weigh. I think that the majority of people, I understand there are exceptions to this rule. I'm not um, overlooking any like sickness or Imparity, imparity, is that a word? I'm not overlooking any extenuating circumstance that somebody has in regards to their health. Um, a lot of people will struggle to lose weight or gain weight or with some aspect of their weight in some way that I will never understand because I do not struggle with it. So if you are one of those people that, you know, maybe you've tried losing weight and you think that you have some bigger problem where you can't, First of all, you know, maybe just hear me out and listen. You're Maybe you're right, but maybe there are still some things you could learn from this. Second of all, if you really do have an underlying health problem, of course, I think you should seek attention from your doctor. I am not the person to give you professional advice. Um, but, you know, maybe some of my philosophies and some of the things that I have to say could still help you just a little bit. But I just want to say that I don't think it matters what you weigh. And maybe you're thinking, well, then why is the title of this How I Lost 25 Pounds? Um, because society and other people care what you weigh. But, like, people care about what they weigh for better or for worse. I, like, personally, I do not own a scale. I weigh myself when I'm at the doctor's. If there's, you know, I have to weigh myself there. Maybe I'll weigh myself once or twice Maybe I'll weigh myself like four times a year or something if I my sister has a scale and my parents have a scale. So if I'm there, I'll weigh myself. But I don't weigh myself because I trust that like if I'm eating the way I should and if I'm exercising and taking care of myself the way I should, I will just naturally weigh what I'm supposed to weigh. And the number truly doesn't really mean that much to me. So I first wanted to say that. I also want to say I have a fast metabolism. I'm tall. I have an athletic body. I would say I struggle more with gaining weight. Like if I'm trying to put on muscle, that is harder for me than to lose weight. If I needed to lose like five or 10 pounds quickly, it would be absolutely no problem. Um, Cause yeah, I have a fast metabolism. So this advice or some of the things that happened in my experience that worked well for me, they're probably not gonna work for you just based off your body type. Um, I think, again, some of the principles and philosophies can still be applied to whoever you are. Um, but yeah, that is, that is my story. Um, also, I wanna say I stick to my plan as much as I can. 
I probably eat this way 85, 87, I don't know, 90 if I have a lucky week. But yeah, 80 to 90% of the time usually um, because I, I'll talk about it later, but I am not super strict with myself. Um, I have the way that I, that I traditionally eat and I try to regularly eat, but I allow myself a lot of room for grace and I think you should as well. Um, also, this is not the science filled podcast. If you want to listen to that, um, I'll, I have some recs for you. Um, I listen to a ton of like health and, um, fitness podcasts, the Huberman lab. It's a great place. You know, it's heavier stuff, but he has some great science filled podcasts. Um, be well by Kelly. She has a lot of like nutrition stuff. Um, mind over green podcast. Um, there's more, but just to name a few, sorry, Mind Body Green, I think it's called podcast. Um, but all that to say, there's a lot of experts that are qualified to give you advice and they can explain the science. I am not going to do that. I listen to a lot of stuff about this. And when I listen to podcasts about anything, I try to retain as much as I can that is going to actually help me and things I'll be able to apply. And I just simply can't usually apply the proton neutron electron. And I also can't say it. I usually can't apply that stuff. So I just, I don't make as much as of an attempt to, to remember it. I do what I can, but like, you know, I want to remember the takeaways. Like, okay, this is the way the science works. Now here's the how-to. I try to prioritize knowing the how-tos because that's what's actually going to help me. So anyway, all that to say, um, this is not the science-filled podcast. This is just a girl living her life just like you, trying to eat healthy, not super great with all the science and all the facts. So yeah, just to say it. Also, I'm going to say eating health-conscious can be more expensive. I am fully aware of that. Um, it's unfortunate. And, you know, I hope that the world we're living in today, I think a lot of people are trying to make healthy food that's good for your body more affordable and more accessible. And I'm cheering for them and, you know, of course, doing what I can to help. But the fact of the matter is for now that eating healthy can be more expensive. And I'm extremely aware of that. And I'm also like, aware of the fact that I am, I'm privileged and I am fortunate in that I, I make enough money right now in my life that I can put more money towards eating healthy. Um, there's a lot of things that I save on. There's a lot of things I don't like to spend a lot of money on where I try to really, um, be strict with my spending, but my health is not one of the areas where I'm willing to compromise. That is an area where I will spend a little bit more and not worry about it because I just know it's so important that I am functioning at my highest level. So yeah, if you want to eat healthy, it's going to take a little bit of work, um, probably a little bit more money, definitely a little bit more research and experimenting. So it is like a harder thing to do. And for me, it's just, it's so important to me that I'm like functioning at my best energetically and functioning clearly and yeah, so I just want to say that though. I I know it's expensive. I know it can be tough. I know maybe everybody can't can't eat 
um, 100% healthy all the time just because it would not be affordable, but hang in there, bear with me, and please listen to this with an open mind. Okay, so story time. I'm gonna tell you about 2017-2018 um, Sarah. Whew, show, she was something. So this was when I was in my um, junior, senior-ish year probably of, of undergrad. Um, I, you wouldn't recognize me. I don't mean that because I looked so different, although I, I did look different, but I, I literally did not give a crap about my health. Like actually, I kind of enjoy, and I enjoyed like not giving a crap about it. Like I, when someone would tell me to like eat healthy or do this or think about this, like it actually angered me. Um, I'm not sure why. I think part of it is because, you know, I was just your typical like rebellious whatever year old. Um, and I was, my mom cooked really healthy, delicious, amazing meals, meals that now I love to eat and I would happily eat all the time. But back then, I think because it was all I knew, I wanted to try something else, you know. So so I think that was kind of part of it was I was just rebellious. I wanted, since we didn't really eat unhealthy very much, I was like, oh, I can go to Taco Bell three times a week or order pizza whenever I want or get a fry and burger every meal for a week, sign me up. I'm a strong, independent woman. So I think there was a little bit of that, but I was going to school at this time. I would often be at school all day. My kind, generous, loving mother would often offer to make me lunches, which was so sweet. And sometimes I literally would, mom, I'm, if you're listening, I'm sorry, I've changed, I swear. Sometimes I would forget, quote, I'm using air quotes, forget the lunches because I wanted to order my pizza. My mom's listening. She's like, I know, Sarah, you're not that sneaky. No, but I would just avoid eating healthy. Um, I would stop at Panera Bread to get my um, cinnamon crunch toast or whatever bagel like as many mornings as I could. I would, it was not unusual for me to order an entire pizza for lunch and then stop at Taco Bell on my way home at, at midnight because a lot of times I would be at school all day. And as you know, eating Taco Bell right before you go to bed is, you know, probably not always the best. Sometimes it's fun. I still do it sometimes. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't care about my health. And because of that, like I know I said I wasn't, I don't care about weight and I don't, but I was not healthy. I weighed more than I should. Um, this showed up also as like me not being able to focus clearly, but I just thought that was normal. Like, because this was the way a lot of my friends were like, no shade to them. We were all just kind of doing our thing, but like I would eat something and then know, oh, I can't practice for two hours after this because I'm going to be exhausted from the food I just ate. And I just want you to know it is not normal to eat something and then not be able to do anything for hours after that is not normal. It's accepted as normal because all of the, so much of what we eat like does that to us. But if that happens to you, like it was happening to me all the time, like you are meant to live a better life than that. You are meant to have energy all day. Um, I, you know, of course, like I still have my afternoon slumps a little bit, but 
I can do stuff at 2.30 p.m. now and have energy and it doesn't bother me because I'm like fueling my body with the correct things because I'm educated on like what I should eat to make sure that I have energy and I don't slump and like the like how my life is I work you know I I have several different jobs I have a lot to juggle and I cannot afford to have times of the day when I just can't do anything I have to be on my game um but I didn't when I was younger I just I didn't know that I thought that it was normal to like eat and then be like tired and not be able to do anything so yeah that's kind of how I was living I was fine but you know obviously not living in optimal health and then um I think 2019 I got I discovered a lump on my breast and this was really alarming to me this was you know sometimes you have to have like kind of a big scary life experience and you know obviously in hindsight there's worse things that could happen but to me it was really scary um and I went to the doctor and you know they did some tests took samples and I ended up being okay it was fine it was a non-cancerous fibrous something or other I don't remember again not the science podcast um but it ended up being fine but I am so freaking grateful that that happened because it made me so aware of my health was there a correlation between this lump on my breast and the way I was eating at the time I don't know but I'm grateful that I assumed that there was one because it woke me up to the fact that I was not living like a healthy intentional um life in regards to a lot of things but particularly in regards to the way I was eating my nutrition and so I kind of did a 180 and you know I think this happens a lot we'll try to fix a bad habit and we overcorrect it right and I think that's okay to do as long as at some point you end up balanced again so I kind of overcorrected. I started eating really clean I started reading all the books about like nutrition and how to eat right and I got really really strict with what I was eating I also was running every day I would run on an empty stomach like oh, just about every day of the week I would I would run like eight to ten miles not every day but those would be like I would have like long runs once or twice a week um, but I would definitely run like four or five miles every day so and that combination of eating really clean and eating and running every day just being active caused me to drop weight really quickly like I said I lost 25 pounds in like not a very long time like probably six six months I don't know four or five six months I lost weight really quickly and I don't necessarily like recommend doing that because again like I wasn't really trying to lose weight. I just started eating healthy and naturally my weight like went to where it was supposed to be. So again, not a podcast about losing weight, but that is how I personally lost 25 pounds. So what was I eating? So the way that I was eating then and the way that I um, eat primarily now, I definitely like go off track from this now and we'll talk about it in a minute, but I mostly eat paleo. 
also referred to as the caveman diet. It's a modern day diet consisting of foods thought by its proponents to mirror those eaten by humans during the Paleolithic era. So basically to eat paleo is to try to mirror a diet that like our ancient ancestors were eating before they were, you know, processing foods and using all this artificial stuff and and eating even like grains, okay? So the things that you can't eat in a, again, this is in a traditional paleo diet. This, I don't follow this completely, but what you, let me start with what you can eat, which is fruit, vegetables, meat, nuts, and seeds, okay? I know it sounds really limiting. Um, it's actually not that hard though, and your body adjusts to it. It does not include grains, legumes, dairy products, gluten, anything artificial or processed, okay? So that is how I ate in the beginning. I was very strict. I mean, I'm sure I still like messed up here and there, but for the most part, I was pretty strict with like my the eating paleo. Um, how I eat today, so like I said, overcorrect a habit. I was very far one direction and now I've leveled up, leveled up, leveled out to like just a nice balance. So today I still eat mostly paleo, but I eat grains. I eat corn. Um, I eat like potatoes aren't technically paleo because they're like a high starch vegetable. I eat those. Um, I eat things that are processed that are made with paleo ingredients. Okay. So paleo means basically like from the earth, naturally grown, something you can find in nature. So like an example of this is I would use almond flour, um, even though that's not technically paleo because paleo does not include processed foods, okay? So almond flour, that's something you process, but if it's made purely from almonds, then I would still eat it. I don't mind that. Um, just for me, that works well. I don't think I could fully constrict myself to like not eating processed foods. I just, I love baking. I love, you know, I love, I love being creative with food. So for me, that, that would not work. Um, but yeah, that is how I mostly eat today. Paleo, but with grains, with, um, corn, with potatoes, um, and, and with paleo ingredients. So, I want to tell you now just three key elements of my philosophy surrounding food, I guess, why I eat the way that I eat. So again, that is how I eat. Now I want to tell you the why. So three points here. My first point with my diet philosophy is I, as much, again, as much as I can, anything I say here, remember, I struggle just like you, but I try to set myself up for success, okay? So I only eat foods that will make me a happier, stronger, more fulfilled version of myself. So my reason for eating healthy, I think the reason that I'm able to stay consistent with it is because it's attached to very emotional reasons for me. I want to eat healthy so that I can have energy all day to do like the things that I love to do. I want to have, like I was talking about with practicing, like I want to have enough energy to practice my violin for long periods of time for, you know, the part I'm learning to contribute to an orchestra. I want to have energy to record these podcasts because I truly believe they're like helping people 
and I believe that, you know, they're important to me and I need to have like enough energy to do that. I want to have energy to be like my best energetic self with my friends and my family. I want to eat healthy so that I can, you know, if one of my friends needs help lifting something or moving, I can, I, I'm strong and I'm in good health and I can help them. I, I want to be healthy because I live alone and I'm a single woman and it's important for me to like be be aware and like on top of my energy level and at my best and and strong because I need to maybe be able to protect myself you know so I just the reasons that I eat healthy I would say the last reason that I eat healthy is to look a certain way like of course it's important like of course I want to be in shape of course like I love for my body to look a certain way and it's nice that like you know and wonderful side effect of eating healthy is that you will just look better. But that is not like, I'm not eating healthy thinking like, oh, like, ah, my butt is just gonna look so great when I eat this avocado. Like, no, I'm not thinking that. I'm thinking like, oh, like I'm gonna eat this avocado and it's gonna be good for my brain. And then my brain's gonna be able to function great in this meeting that I have with my team that I care so much about later, okay? So like the reasons I eat healthier are truly because I want to be like the best version of myself. And that is a necessary thing that I have to do. Um, so to me, your ability to stay consistent with something is strongly influenced by your desire to associate the habit to a large scale emotional reason. And I really try to do this in any area of my life where I'm trying to stick with a habit consistently is I try to understand and make it clear to myself like, hey, why am I really doing this? Like, why do I really want to eat healthy? Why do I really want to be consistent at the gym? Why do I really want to read every morning? Like, with anything, there has to be a deeper emotional reason that will keep you doing that because any, like, surface level reason is not going to last, in my experience at least. So, yeah, that is the first thing. Um, The second thing is I only eat foods that are not in the plan when they are truly worth it to me. So something being worth it to me to eat is obviously very personal to me. It's very subjective, but I want to give you like a couple examples of this. So if I am at work, let's say I, I'm just, I'm another version of myself and I work a nine to five. Let's say I go into the office and I had like my pretty, my healthy breakfast. I had my smoothies. I like got my electrolytes with me. Let's go living my best life. And then I get there and somebody has brought in donuts. Now, maybe the donuts don't even look that good. Maybe the donuts have cherry jelly in them and I don't even like cherry. Maybe the donuts don't even have chocolate in them, which is the only reason I ever go off my plan at all. Maybe they don't even look that appetizing, but everyone's eating them. Your best coworker friend is eating them and her friend's eating them and it's free. It's free. So you have to eat it, right? No. Okay. That is not like what is going to happen is I'm, if I'm in that situation, I'm going to eat that donut and sh is it going to taste good? Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe not. 
what if they're from like maybe they're just crap and they don't even taste good like maybe it'll taste good for a minute but I'm gonna feel like crap because it was not in my plan it just kind of presented itself so I ate it um and I really only ate it because I was peer pressured if everyone else had been like oh no we're cool I'd probably been like oh no I'm cool but like it was an instance where I was I only chose to eat it I only chose to eat it because like outside sources and circumstances were like telling me I should. Like I didn't really even make the decision for myself at that point, okay? So that to me is an instance of like when I would not. I If I'm going through a drive-thru and everybody's ordering something and I'm not really even that hungry. I have had this happen a lot. It's crazy. Like I will be at a drive-thru and everyone's ordering something and people are like, Sarah, order something, Sarah, order. And I know like some people are well-intentioned, like they just want you to live your best life. And that's great. Like I'm thankful that people think that they know what's best for me. Not really. Like I'm glad that you care about me and you think me ordering Chick-fil-A breakfast right now is going to like make me happy. But Sadly for you, sir, I know myself better than you, and I know that it's not. I know that I'm going to eat it, and then I'm going to feel like crap and be like, I just ate. Like, why did I even do this? So, like, that's another instance. Like, in the car, like, driving, it's not even, wasn't even in the plan. No, it's it's just not worth, it's not even that I can't handle it, like, it's not even that I can't handle it. It's that I don't want to. Like, there is no appeal to me. I'm not getting anything out of it. Okay, sorry. Now, let me give you some examples of when it is worth it to me. Say I have planned that I'm going to the Cheesecake Factory this Friday. It's in my calendar. I'm going with my girls. I'm going to literally the factory of cheesecake. Am I going to walk in there and be like, no. I'm not eating cheesecake. It's not in my diet plan. No, of course not. I'm not crazy. If I'm going to a factory that literally its goal is to produce the world's best cheesecake, I'm not a crazy person. I'm going to get it, but I'm not going to feel bad about it because I had told myself, like I had said it, like it was in the plan. So like, it's fine. Um, if I'm traveling and there's food that I would never have access to in the place that I normally live, yeah, of course I'm going to eat it. Plus the food in other, a lot of other countries is not as filled with crap as ours. But like, yeah, so it just only do it when it's like worth it to you though. Like, I guess my point is like, eat whatever you want, but like make those exceptions when you're getting something out of it. Like, and that being said, like sometimes I'm out with my friends and it's two in the morning and we end up at like a pizza place and I'm like, screw it. Like I want some pizza. I'm having a blast with my friends. Let's go. But, but that's like, again, that's like, I made that decision. I was like, this is worth it to me. If you are ever with somebody if you're ever with people and you want to order something healthy and Aunt Betty over there is like, oh, you always eat salads. What's wrong with you? First of all, Betty, knock it off, okay? I'm sorry that you are unhappy with your life, but do not tell me how to live mine. Second of all, I would like you to remember that Betty that is sitting there right now telling you that you're a crazy person for the ordering the salad is not going to be sitting with you when you're on the toilet 
at four in the morning because you ate cheese, even though you know that you're lactose intolerant, but you ate it because she made you feel bad about it and you didn't want to like cause a problem. She is not with you when you're on the toilet. She's only with you when you're at dinner and everyone's having fun. Okay. So screw those people. I'm sorry. If you're one of those people, I love you. I know you're a good person deep down. Stop peer pressuring people into eating foods. It's not okay. Okay. So just, yeah. Remember anybody that's trying to pressure you into eating a certain way in the moment, they're not with you on the toilet. Okay. They're not with you when it sucks. So make your decision for future you, not current Betty. Okay. So the third thing I would like to say about my diet philosophy is, and this is like, I think this is a strength of mine um, in like every area of my life. I'm not sure why, or it can be a strength. It can be weakness. Sorry, I'll shut up. Um, I never punish myself. I should say I rarely punish myself. Like when I have that night, okay, let's say, you know, try as I might to eat healthy. I end up just binge eating one night and eating whatever crap that I want to. And I wake up and I can barely move because I ate so much that like, I'm not, I just have to be rolled around like a potato. Like I don't wake up and then starve myself until 6 PM. I don't wake up and make myself run six miles. I don't wake up and make myself do something like crazy to make up for what I did the night before. And it's because I trust myself enough to know that the version of me that, you know, kind of sabotaged current me is not who I really am. Like, I trust myself and like my nutrition plan enough to know that like, I'll stick with it. Like, I know that I am living my best life when I am eating healthy, and it actually just doesn't make sense for me to believe that I am going to revert to a self-sabotaging version of myself, like, consistently. Like, because I just know, like, I know I love eating healthy. Like, I know I love the way it makes me feel. I'm clear on, like, what my what my nutritional values are, for lack of a wetter, better way of putting it. Like, I know that stuff, and so I don't wake up and I'm like, oh, man. Like, I don't try to create all this distance from who I was the night before because I know that person shows up so infrequently that I don't need to worry about her. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. I, like, I get it. I get it. You wake up and you feel like crap and you're like, man, like, I just, I have to do all these things to make up for what I did to make sure that I will not do it again. And I just, I don't think it works that way. I think if you have, like, figured out what works well for you, like, yes, we're all going to have our off moments, but you trust yourself a little bit. Like you're not just going to be cut. You're not going to start doing that every day. Like, so for me, and this is just like, I don't know, with any area of my life, I just, I don't punish myself because frankly, if I spend time like punishing myself, I'm going to get into a bad headspace and I'm just going to feel bad and being in a bad headspace, I'm more likely to make bad decisions again or like do things I shouldn't again. So like, why would I waste time being in a bad headspace? And secondly, like, you know, 
life's meant to be failed at sometimes. Like, sometimes I'm going to mess up. It's okay. Like, if you listen to my, my, um, my thing with Nat, my, can I talk? My interview with Natalie, uh, my photographer friend, she said at the end, it's not that serious. Like, and I just felt that. And maybe because it's because I'm very free-spirited and carefree, but like, yeah, I don't, like, it's not that serious. Like, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to eat the wrong thing sometimes. But, like, if you are aligning yourself as you should be with these other things, with, like, good information and knowing how you're supposed to eat, like, you don't need to punish yourself because you know what you're supposed to do and you're going to get back on track. Okay, so those are my main philosophy when it comes to diet. Feel free to work those into yours if you have one. It was really fun for me coming up with a diet philosophy. Like when I first started, I was like, oh my goodness, who who am I kidding? A diet philosophy? I don't even like science. But I, I sorry, I do like science. I meant I don't even science. Like I can't, sorry. Um, but it was fun. So I encourage you to come up with like your reason for eating a certain way too. It's kind of fun. Okay, fun, speaking of fun, fun part takeaways. So I'm going to give you some tips and tricks. I'm going to give you some little hacks. I'm going to give you things that I do to help me stay on track. Um, but I would actually really love to make an episode all about like how I eat healthy and affordably now as again, as much as I can, of course, eating healthy can be expensive, but I really want to make an episode about that, but only if there's interest. So let me know if you listen um, just, I please DM me or text me and tell me like, Hey, yes, I'd love to have another episode about like nutrition and how you eat, you know, how your little tips and tricks. Let me know. So, um, my first thing is I highly recommend that you try to do some version of whole 30. So if you're not familiar, whole 30 is basically doing paleo for 30 days. So for 30 days, you try to eat um, really clean. You try not to eat anything processed, anything um, like artificial, you know, all the stuff that I went to, that I went through. You try to do that for 30 days and then you start putting some of those ingredients back in. So then maybe you do it for 30 days, then you add quinoa back in, you add grains back in. See how you feel. If you still feel good, that's fine. Eat your rice and your quinoa. It's in my diet. I'm having a blast. Um, maybe add corn. See how you feel. Um, do you not feel good? Is it coming out in your um, feces <laughs> and making you feel terrible? No. Like, and then add dairy. Like, I don't eat dairy, but there's a lot of really healthy dairy you can eat. It upsets my stomach. I don't feel great when I eat it. I... If you eat it, great. Like maybe it works great for you. So then maybe add like clean, healthy dairy back in. See how you feel. If you feel good, cool. But maybe red flag, alarm bells, maybe you will feel like crap when you add dairy back in. And you can say with surety, yes, it's dairy because everything else you're eating has not been making you upset. So this is basically a way to understand what your food sensitivities, allergies are, um, so that you can avoid them and you can just eat um, things that make you feel great. So I highly recommend doing some version of Whole30. The hardest to me, the hardest things about Whole30 are avoiding bread. Um, 
you know, I've, I've eaten like this for so long that it, that it literally doesn't bother me at all. Like, I just, I actually don't eat, like, I'll have a bite of a, you know, I'll eat Taco Bell sometimes. Eight, you know, 19 year old Sarah, she's still in there. And sometimes she comes out and she still wants her Taco Bell. So I eat bread sometimes. And there's bread you can get that's like, made of paleo ingredients. You can Ezekiel bread. That's a sprouted um, grain bread. So that's a lot better. Um, but I just use lettuce for basically all of my bread. I use it for my burgers. If I have tacos, I use it. Um, I like it. It doesn't bother me. It's, you know, sometimes a little flimsy. So that's annoying. But like, I don't know, for me, it works great. Um, rice, is another one. So cauliflower rice, that was when I was doing this, I just had a lot of cauliflower rice. Again, I'm used to it. Doesn't bother me. Like I said, I eat rice now, but some people do struggle with grains. So it's a good thing to at least try eliminating, maybe eliminate it for a week, see how you feel. And when I say to try some version of Whole30, like, like, please don't not try it just because you can't follow every rule. Okay. Like don't look at it and be like, Oh, I can't like follow that completely. So I may as well just like not even try it at all and keep eating whatever I want. That, that, that actually doesn't make any sense, you know? So don't do that. Um, maybe say, okay, I want to try this, but I really cannot give up dark chocolate for that long. So I'm still going to have dark chocolate three nights a week. And I'm still going to have rice and I'm still going to eat potatoes. Fine. Like do some version of it. Eat how I eat now for, for a week. It's, it's fun. It's not that hard. Um, and then pastas are the other thing that can be hard. So, but they're, I'm sorry. If you are living in 2023 trying to eat like healthy, paleo, whatever, you cannot tell me that it is hard to substitute pastas. There are, there's gotta be like hundreds of pasta substitutes out there, okay? Just purely vegetable ones. You can do zoodles, you can do spaghetti squash. If you wanna do like a processed one, there's, um, there's ones made out of lentils, cassava flour, quinoa flour, brown rice. Like there are so many freaking pasta substitutes that you can use that where you can avoid wheat and flour if you or white flour if you need to. Um, but those are the three things that'll probably change the most if you do this are trying to avoid bread, rice, and pastas. Um, so there's that's like what I do for those when I'm eating paleo. Um, and it works well for me. Yeah. So I encourage you to do some version of Whole30. Um, okay. Also start reading ingredient labels just to become more aware. You don't have to understand everything, but just become the person that's aware of what you are putting in your body. Flip it. Look at the ingredients. Color added. Why? Like, just take responsibility. Like, for me, I have this attitude, and this is actually another one of my points, but I'm just going to say it now, is like, how dare anybody get to tell me what I'm putting in my body than me? Like, that is how I feel. Like, I actually approach this with a little bit of, like, annoyance because it pisses me off that somebody could, like, give me something to eat to put into my body that, like, 
I'm trying to take care of and optimize and live my best. Like, and somebody would think that like they can give me something that I don't know what the ingredients are. Like that to me, to just accept eating something that like you don't know what's in it, like that's not, that doesn't make you like a better, stronger person. That just makes you like someone that's choosing ignorance. Like, of course, I'm sorry. I know there's like exceptions to every rule. I know you're like going to meet your girlfriend's parents for the first time and you're not you're not gonna sit there and be like oh my goodness like what's in this what's in this marinade like don't be a jerk don't be crazy but like generally speaking you are entitled to a knowledge of what you're putting in your body and it should make you angry if people are giving you things and not telling you like what's in it and that is honestly what Like, a lot of the food in our society, that's how it is. Like, they don't want you to know what's in it because a lot of it's crap. So, end tangent. (laughs) Um, I just encourage you, read the ingredient labels. Look, you don't have to make drastic changes, but you deserve to know what you're putting in it. And if you read it and it says this and this and this and this, and you're like, I don't care, it's fine, it tastes amazing, great! I'll cheer for you! Go off, queen! But, like, do not just choose ignorance. Do not just not know what's in it. Like, at least be educated about what you're putting into your body so that you can make the best possible decision with that information. Okay. I said end tangent, then I continue tangent. Sorry. Okay. Next thing. Attach your diet goals to an emotional reason. I talked about mine. I talk about some of the reasons why I want to live my best, healthiest life. Those are what I care about, what works well for me. It's maybe not what you care about and what, well, why you're trying to live a healthy life. So I encourage you to sit down, do some journaling, little self-reflection time. We love a self-reflection moment. And just write down, like, this is why I want to be my healthiest self. This is why I want to have unlimited energy. This is why I don't want to be tired. And like have those reasons. And when you're in those situations where you're presented with a food or something that you know is not healthy for you, you can reference those things in your mind and be like, no, like I care more about being my best energetic self with my friends later than I do eating this crusty fried chicken sandwich (laughs) or fill in the blank. Um, okay, so the next thing, uh, this is just what I do that I encourage you to do. Again, live your life. But I encourage you to throw your freaking scale away, okay? And don't tell me, oh, if I throw my scale away, how am I ever going to know what I weigh? Well, I guarantee you we could open your phone right now and probably your pinned contacts at the top of your phone all have a scale and would glad you let you would gladly let you go weigh yourself now and then. I guarantee you if you go to a gym, they probably have a scale and would have no problem letting you use it. Lots of people have scales. You don't need to have a scale. You do not need to have a scale sitting in your room where you can weigh yourself every day and get pissed off with yourself that maybe you weigh a little bit extra today because you have some water weight. Maybe you, ladies, ladies, if you're listening, maybe you weigh a little bit this day because you are PMSing. It's fine, but you're going to step on the scale and think, oh no, like I gained weight. I shouldn't have eaten that piece of dark chocolate. Now I gained like two more pounds. Like, 
you don't need to have the scale there because the scale's purpose is just to tell you, like, okay, this is what I'm going to say. If you are capable of having a healthy relationship with a scale, sure, put it there. But I, I am capable of having one, but I still don't, I just don't want one. I don't, because maybe it would turn into like an obsessive thing for me, you know? So I encourage you, hey, you don't even have to take your scale out to the trash. Just have someone borrow it. Say to your friend for a month, hey, best friend, like, can you take my scale for a month? I kind of want to just like, just, you know, try to eat healthy and live my best life and not worry about what I weigh and see how it goes. Okay. So for me, like limit how much you weigh yourself, limit your scale use and focus on how you're feeling, not how much you're weighing. All right. So last thing I'm going to say about this, and this is kind of the point of the whole podcast, have a plan. Okay. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and just start eating salads all the time. You're not going to wake up one day and just like magically be so much healthier. It's going to be a journey, but it's a journey that you can take on more easily if you have a plan, okay? Even if it's not a perfect plan. Like that's what I was saying with Whole30. Like don't not try anything because you can't do it exactly right. Like just get in there, try, and then you're going to learn. And then that idea of you ha- that you had that was exactly right, you're going to be able to do it because you're going to learn along the journey, like how to tweak things so that it works the best for you. And what you think in your head right now is that you maybe think is like the exact right way to eat. That's probably not even how it's going to unfold at the end of the day. Like at the end of the day, you're probably going to test things, try things, try different ways of eating, try to figure out what your sensitivities are. And like the end goal or the end product is probably not even going to be what you think it is now. So it doesn't even make sense to try to start that thing now because you don't know what that thing is. (laughs) Does that make sense? So like, yeah, just start somewhere, start somewhere. Try, you know, some cauliflower rice next week. If all you do after listening to this podcast is try implementing one healthy thing, I and your body are going to be so proud of you. Nobody is going to judge you because you didn't immediately start eating healthy. Nobody. And if they do, screw them. Screw them. Okay? So, that's what I'm here to tell you. Have a plan, make some kind of plan, and then do your best to stick with it. I could have summarized the whole episode like that, but instead I chose to keep you here for, oh my goodness, way too long. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, that's it. That's it, everybody. We freaking did it. We made it. I told you all about how I eat the way I eat. Um, You know about my Taco Bell Sarah era. I I feel good about it. Um, So, hot tip this week. A quick tip. Um, This is something that I have done a couple times in the last week because there have been a couple times in the last couple weeks when I needed to go out, live my best life with my friends until you know, two or three in the morning and I woke up at six or seven in the morning and it would have, it was going to be hard. So mom, if you're listening to this, this is your warning. I am going to talk about alcohol. I'm sorry. So, um, what I have done a couple times to just gear myself up for the night, you remember Red Bull vodka? Was that a thing? I, I actually never had one, but I've told it was a thing. Well, now let me tell you about 
Tito's and Celsius, baby. Yeah. So what I have done when I needed to rally the past few weekends, and I, I don't go out, oh, guys, please. I'm not like out here every night, but sometimes I like to take on the town. Sue me, okay? So what I have done is I've gotten a Celsius and then I put a shot in it and that's like my first drink of the night. And Celsius, I mean, I don't need to tell you if you've had one, are freaking delicious. I know they're a little bit bad, leave me alone. Um, I put I put a shot in there and it's like, you know, I'm assuming the equivalent of like a, of a Red Bull with, with some kind of alcohol in it, but it tastes so good. I have energy, good clean energy for the rest of the night. I'm up living my best life. It has the equivalent of like two cups of coffee. So um, yeah, that's my little hot tip. Okay, I'm out. That's it. Um, if you, if this was your first time listening, thank you. I appreciate it. I hope you come back. Um, would you do me a huge favor? Sure, Sarah. Would you leave me a review? Um, all you have to do is click the five stars if you're on Spotify. If you're listening on Apple, um, I or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, first of all, what are you doing? No, just kidding. Not here to judge anyone. Um, if you're listening on that, it's also easy. Just five stars. If it's anything less than five, you know, keep it to yourself. Just kidding. Ah, no, I'm not. Yeah. So I would love if you'd leave me a review. If you're not following me on Instagram, my handle is violin, V-I-O-L-I-N, Sarah, with an H, B as in bicycle. Um, Yes, I would love if you would follow along, trying to do more on the social media, doing my best. Um, Yes, and that being said, I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope that you learned something from this. Uh, Maybe if you have a friend that's struggling with weight loss or just trying to live a healthier life, maybe you... uh, send them some therapy. Why not? Am I right? Okay. Thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful week. Bye.